Ladies and gentlemen, hey yo, beautiful fellas, beautiful people, fellas, fellas, fellas out there today. Monday slate, two-game slate, I'm $1.5 million in prizes today for this Monday slate. Two-game slate because of the COVID stuff. Let's not waste your time. Let's jump right into it because I think this slate is... I think it's relatively easy. I think it's relatively straightforward. It's a Monday slate, so not as much information will be going out as if it was a Sunday slate with all the news or even a Thursday slate. So ownership in general won't be that live. So let's get into it right now. I will I will be live an hour before the game starts up until lock. So be sure to be there or be square. And you could be there by hitting the subscribe button. That being said, let's slide into the quarterbacks. Now, there's a disclaimer here that the quarterback situation in Cleveland because of the COVID stuff and them getting pushed back and them being the reason why they got pushed back and the Raiders being pissed off and all that stuff. Kabish Kabash, here we are on Monday. I don't even care who the quarterback is for Cleveland. The only way I'm even going to be somewhat interested if it, is if it's a cheap one. So if Baker Mayfield ends up playing, it doesn't look like Case Keenum can since he ended up uh, testing positive on the list on Friday. So if Nick Mullins is the quarterback at $4,800, he's like the only way I'm even interested in these guys. Baker, if he plays at a more expensive price tag, not interested. But at the end of the day, there's really one quarterback I want to play in this league. We don't have to waste that much time at quarterback. Yeah, Kirk Cousins has the best team total. A 25.25 team implied total is the highest on the slate by three points. It is seven points higher than Fields and Carr, who are the other startable quarterbacks, in my opinion, who have experience this year. Now, by the way, Nick Mullins is, is nowhere near a third-string quarterback in the NFL. On most teams, he'd be a backup, and honestly, there's a chance he could be a starting quarterback in another time this year. I don't think it's a high chance. It would have to be probably paired back up with Kyle Shanahan, but he had him as an efficient quarterback. So, like, what do we got? Up top, you got Kirk Cousins, who's playing well this year, right? You really can't say too many bad things about Kirk Cousins if you want to just look at it. 275 yards per game. He's number one in big-time throw rate this year per PFF. He's facing a Chicago defense that stinks by bottom five secondary, bottom 10 pass rush this year, and he's going to throw a lot. So Kirk Cousins is in play. The problem is he's 6,800, and you're going to see we have a lot of stud running backs and a stud receiver on this slate that I'm prioritizing over Kirk Cousins. And by the way, I have all my projections up for this slate for the Tuesday Millionaire Maker on a fucking Tuesday. Yes, hello. I have those all up on Patreon, and you should definitely reference them, especially the ownership projections. Check them out down below. Come join the community. But right now, I have Kirk Cousins as the second highest projected quarterback, not even the highest projected, even though he's the highest priced. And my second highest projected is not Derek or my highest projected is not Derek Carr. I'm not really interested in Derek Carr right now. He's struggling. Waller's already ruled out since Henry Ruggs is gone. He's really struggling lately. Yeah, he has six games over 300 yards this year, but only one since week seven. And it's really been slowly going downhill since then. They're playing at slower paces. They're relying on Josh Jacobs more since he's been back. Cleveland actually has a good pass rush with guys on that defensive line. Miles Garrett has been socially, uh, socially distancing himself from the team for like a week now doing individual drills so he can be ready for this game. Potential defensive candidate of the year. Miles Garrett. So I'm kind of off of Derek Carr as well. The guy that I want to play is Justin Fields. Justin Fields is my highest projected player at the quarterback position on the slate, and he's $1,500 cheaper than Cousins. He's $900 cheaper than Carr. You get a very good discount off of Justin Fields for sure. The man is averaging 54 rushing yards per game his last six games, which is only making him even more secure of a play, and he has the best matchup on the slate in terms of fantasy points to the position and what Minnesota is allowing to that position and just in general against this secondary so far. He only has three games over 200 yards this season, so uh, there's kind of, and really the last time out against the Packers the screenplay to Grant was kind of a fluke to get him over 300 yards but I'm not concerned about the 300 yards I'm fine for him to have a 200 yard game and have 60 70 rushing yards get in the ground uh, get in the end zone on the ground potentially as well and on this small slate yeah I think that's all that we're going to need so Justin Fields is the clear standout option for me if I had to rank a second player it would just be punting down to Nick Mullins so he can save money my whole priority and my whole goal on this slate is to save money for the running backs that we're about to get into and to save money for the wide receivers and as we finish up with Justin Fields and transition into the running back 
Stacks. If limited time offer, it's going to be ending over the next couple of days. If you use the code CLASS, like you're in school, C-L-A-S-S on prizepicks.com, you get a free bet up to $100 and my free NFL DFS course. It's 10 plus hours of game theory strategies, how to actually start winning money and framing your mindset, getting rid of your emotions to win money in DFS. What actually matters, take out all the fluff. That is a course that is $100 normally. It's going to be free. I've never done that before. Free. We're going to try and pair up with prize picks here these next couple of days. A holiday special. Santa Sal is here for all you beautiful people. But I take Justin Fields over 15 fantasy points as I have him for 17.7 fantasy points and a little bit of a prequel or a spoiler or prerequisite. I don't even know what I'm looking for right now. It's like 7 a.m. on a Sunday before the main sleeve even starts. But I'm going to be going KJ Osborne under 11 fantasy points. If Adam Thielen plays, I definitely like the under here. Even if Thielen uh, doesn't play, this is kind of a number where we can still hit the under. So we're trying to get ahead of the curve with that Thielen news a little bit at this point. But either way, I like it. You pair those two together, you win some dollar riskies, you use the code CLASS and you get a free bet up to $100 and my DFS course sent to you. Just wait, it'll be in your inbox shortly after you deposit. So thank you. And the reason I'm so adamant about paying down at, at quarterback, and really just it's a good play, Justin Fields in general, but it's because of the, court, the running backs in this slate. The number one priority on this slate is Dalvin Cook, and he's not cheap. He's $8,500, but he is by far and away the number one priority on the slate for me. I have Dalvin Cook currently in my projections projecting out for 23 and a half fantasy points. That is eight points more than anybody else on the slate, right? On a two-game slate, when somebody projects out for eight points more than anybody else on the slate, they are a priority just by the definition of that alone. Alexander Madison has to miss this game. He's on the COVID list, and he cannot return because he is not vaccinated. Vaccinated. So what you're going to get is Alexander Madison not in there, a rookie in Kenny Ngongu, who's a dynamic player, but not really somebody they trust in pass protection. So it's going to be the Dalvin Cook show. I don't think we ever question that. He has an 80% opportunity share. He gets the number 26 run defense right now of Chicago. Week 14, he came in hurt, quote unquote hurt, and played a season high, tied a season high, 81% of the snaps while he was hurt, leading to 30 opportunities. Cook is the priority. And now Nick Chubb is next up here. He is my second highest projected running back, but this range of Nick Chubb, Josh Jacobs, and David Montgomery, the starting running backs are the only guys in play on the slate. I'm not getting cute with it. I'm not getting cute with Dearness Johnson's five touches. I'm not getting cute with Jalen Richard maybe seeing four opportunities. I'm not getting cute with Kenny Ngongwe's three touches as a backup or Demetric Felton, who's going to operate as like this wide receiver running back hybrid, but the number three running back on the team maybe takes on the slot role Felton. If you were to punt anybody, it would be Felton because he has a chance to take on the slot role with Landry not seeming like he's going to return in this game. But Anthony Schwartz cleared the concussion protocol, so the Cleveland wide receivers should be Peoples Jones, Schwartz on the outside, and now Rashad Higgins in the slot. So that kind of hurts his upside. I'm just sticking with the starters. I'm not getting cute here. We have value to be found that is less than $4,000, which is the flat minimum for a running back. Less than that all across the board at the wide receiver position. So I'm locking and loading my lineup with Dalvin Cook and then one to two of these other running backs after that. And the reason I say Nick Chubb is, well, he's a favorite in this game. So that bodes well, three and a half point favorite. He has the second highest team implied total. You would assume, especially if Baker is out, even if Baker's in, but you would assume whoever the quarterback is for Cleveland, they're going to run this ball with Nick Chubb. They're going to prioritize it. Kareem is on the COVID list. He is out for this game. Yes, Nick Chubb's offensive line is dealing with some COVID stuff, and hopefully some of them can get back as now his top three offensive linemen, whether it's for injuries for the season like Jack Conklin or two guys in Wyatt Teller and Willis who are on the COVID list. Yes, those are concerns for sure, but I'm trying to factor this all in to say that Nick Chubb in a good matchup here, I think is probably going to come in here and at minimum touch the ball 20 times in this game, which is only even more upside for Nick Chubb. Games without Kareem Hunt as of late, you're getting the full-on full workload for Chubb. He's seeing his routes run increase 6, 8, and 12 in the last three games without uh, Kareem Hunt, I think that's only going to go up even more. So I like Nick Chubb more because I think Nick Chubb comes in lower owned. The problem is just the price tags. 
Can you actually afford Chubb and Cook? Is that the optimal way to play? We'll have to see, but there's a lot of ways to punt down at not only quarterback we talked about, but receiver and tight end. Between Jacobs and Montgomery, I mean, they're a $400 difference. I have them both projecting out for within 0.3, not even a point, 0.3 fantasy points of each other. So kind of just whichever one you really want to get to at that point. The smaller underdog will be Josh Jacobs. He's obviously been seeing a really nice pass catching role. I do think there's a chance that that changes a little bit with Jalen Richard potentially returning for this game. He missed week 14 due to COVID. He's on track to play in week 15. But what you're getting right now out of Josh Jacobs is just a really, really secure floor. I mean, 74% of the snaps in three straight games after not topping 70% all year. He has five or more receptions, five or more for Josh Jacobs in four of his last five games, averaging close to 30 routes run per game or over those last three games over that time. His biggest concern is that his offensive line, they're underdogs in this one, and they rank 31st in run blocking against a top 10 Cleveland run defense. So it's kind of a coin flip. It'll come down to ownership that you can see on Patreon for me between Jacobs and Montgomery. Montgomery's a little bit cheaper, allows you to leave more money on the table if you opted to. Montgomery comes into this game with just a built-in better opportunity share. Yes, Damian Williams and, and Khalil Herbert are behind him, but even then he still ended up seeing all the touches in this previous week. He's been seeing a top three opportunity share in the season. Saw 81% of the opportunities with Damian Williams back. Yeah, and seven targets on 32 routes. Decent matchup here. So I think that those guys are probably the closest in the NFL came out in the same draft. Yes, Josh Jacobs and Montgomery to what their roles are right now. They're like 80% of the back uh, or backfield guys. They're just seeing receptions out of necessity. Not really great pass catching running backs. So it'll be an ownership thing for me, but Montgomery at least allows you to leave money on the table. But I did, I'm, I'm just not getting cute anywhere else. Running back is not the spot to get cute. You can somewhat get cute, right? Mad cute. Hashtag mad cute. Hashtag uh, Ariel Hawani and Logan Paul at the... Uh, the Jake Paul fight, vicious knockout. I mean, just unreal shit. But wide receiver is where you can start to get somewhat cute when you get to the paydown options because so many of these dudes are 4K or below just naturally. So I said that Dalvin Cook was the priority at $8,500. Well, his teammate Jeff, Justin Jefferson would be the second priority, but they're both 8500 So it's it's really hard to get to both of them. But that being said, we have punt minimum priced receivers and tight ends that are strongly in play. So Jefferson would be my second priority on the slate. I think you just go to Justin Fields because he's cheap. I think you just put in Dalvin Cook and you start to fit the rest of your lineup around that. Adam Thielen right now is trending to potentially be a game time decision. We don't know the full status there yet. So Justin Jefferson, I don't have to tell you much about him. He should have probably had 40 fantasy points if in his last game, if in prime time, if he wasn't missed like four or five times on Thursday night by Kirk Cousins. But yeah, Jefferson is just what he is, a walking 20 point guy in four of his last five games. He's a number one receiver in deep targets and air yards, which just leads to a lot of upside. And oh yeah, now a matchup where his uh, maybe the best wide receiver in the league Devontae Adams number two I think is Justin Jefferson he now is a matchup where Adams in, in last week alone just went for 10 catches a buck 20 and two tuds uh feeling just wait on the status there not really a guy I want to get to I think that it's fine to play Hunter Renfro uh I think that he's very secure I think that it's an interesting decision this week do you go to Hunter Renfro or you just save like a thousand dollars and get different on a two-game slate with Darnell Mooney do you go to the running backs in the flex and just avoid Hunter Renfro obviously Hunter Renfro is the main thing here there's still no uh there's still no Darren Waller so Renfro everything looks good I really the only thing to point you off of it would just to be pulling the ownership card and leverage which I do think is legit but he has 100 plus yards he is that dude the last three games with 100 plus yards in week 14 he had 14 targets only nine targets for the rest of the receivers on his team and since Waller has been out these last three games 11 targets per game 30 receptions 351 yards he's just absolutely popping off he is strongly in play it just depends on the rest of your lineup like I'm not against just going down to Darnell Mooney Darnell Mooney with Allen Robinson on the COVID list Darnell Mooney in a good matchup against Minnesota where their team is going to have to throw you can pair him up in a stack with Justin Fields I'm 
I'm not against going to Darnell Mooney, who I should actually put on here as a yes, Darnell Mooney, and leave $1,000 on the table, or maybe spend that $1,000 up on a defense or a tight end. But honestly, on a two-game slate, I'm fine to play it somewhat like a showdown. Leave money on the table if you don't think you're suffering too much of a projection. And right now, I have uh, Hunter Renfro coming in for like, you know, 16 and a half fantasy points, Darnell Mooney in the 13-point range. So it is a decent difference in projection of three fantasy points. But I do think it leads to a situation where Renfro on a two-game slate is going to be, I don't know, maybe we'll, we'll see the ownership projections when they come in, but over 50% owned, whereas Mooney maybe comes in in the 30% range, and that starts to look really good. So for a leverage situation, I want to just pay up on running backs, get the secure uh, touches and opportunities there, and then maybe, maybe this is where you start to get a little bit different at wide receiver. I think Mooney's going to be a decent leverage play. We scroll down. We already talked about KJ Osborne. I'm taking the under there, and the reason I'm taking an under is more of a strategy thing. If Adam Thielen plays, I definitely love the under. If Adam Thielen doesn't play, I mean, the under is still strongly in play. I mean, if he doesn't have the deep touchdown late in the game last week, he's hitting that under by far at 11 fantasy points. So I think either way, we're getting some nice leverage there. I think if Thielen is out, yes, he's in play in DFS. If Thielen is in, I'm not really there at this price point. Osborne has just been fine, right? I mean, he had nine targets last week, three catches, 83 yards. He now has 19 targets over his last three games with Thielen basically being out two weeks ago right off the bat. So he's fine. He's going to see volume. He'll probably see seven uh, targets in this game. Not many of them are downfield. There are a lot of short intermediate crossing routes. At this price tag, it just looks okay. I'm still going to lean the under. The guy that I like the most in this range, and I think other people will too, so it might be a situation where it could easily be a bad play. Like Donovan's Peoples-Jones attached to a third string or a backup cornerback or even Baker with a separated shoulder for the Browns at anything over moderate ownership is not a good play. So if Donovan Peoples-Jones were hoping he comes in low owned because yeah, he's a big outside threat, but he's kind of a home run hitter and they're down receivers. I'm expecting Landry not to play. If that news changes by the time you're watching this, of course, well, then Peoples-Jones looks, looks a little bit worse. I didn't mention Landry. He be, looks a little bit better. He becomes an even better leverage play because it's it's not injury related. It's just covid list. Landry would become a better leverage play uh, or maybe a very similar leverage play in that range to you get in a Darnell Mooney and a Landry. And now you're getting a little bit different at receiver. Um, but when it looks, when you look at this right now with Donovan Peoples-Jones, yeah, he's a home run hitter. He's got like two Hail Marys on the year that are really inflating his stats, but he's starting to see all the snaps. Like this dude is not leaving the field. So that's the nice thing to see, right? Like 34 routes run last week, the two previous weeks, that 33 and 33 routes. He's playing 85% of the snaps recently coming off of his most, I would say consistent game, five catches, 90 yards on seven targets. Like one that just didn't take an 80 yard Hail Mary to actually pad his stats on three targets. So he's seeing more volume. The concern now is that you just have a a backup quarterback in there who maybe starts to target the tight ends a little bit more, the middle of the field a little bit more. So that's your main concern. But in this range, the guy who stands out the most is just like an athletic freak, a monster a guy who has home run hitting upside is Peoples Jones. Jakeem Grant. So this is the thing with Chicago. Not only is Allen Robinson on the COVID list, Marquise Goodwin is now doubtful. So you're going to see three wide receiver sets. If those guys indeed miss, uh, you're going to see three wide receiver sets of Mooney and Demir Bird on the outside with probably Jakeem Grant in the slot a good amount. Jakeem Grant, I mean, he's a special teams guy. You saw him in primetime have a punt return. You saw him take a little push pass to the end zone on a screen. I don't think any of that is consistent or repeatable. Uh, so the production is not that great. If any ownership comes in on him, I'll definitely avoid Jakeem Grant. I'm actually just going to fade him at this point. Could be extreme, but I think they prefer Komet in the middle of the field. Deshaun Jackson, and this is the range of just like throw your hands in the air like you just don't care. This is just you, you're filling out your lineup. You just put the guy who you think you got a good uh, you got a good feel for. Like Deshaun Jackson is still running as the wide receiver four out there. You're going to get 20 routes. Does he hit the Thanksgiving Day home run upside? Zay Jones is probably the most secure role out of any of these. He is attached to a decent quarterback, right? And Derek Carr. I would say a good quarterback. Zay Jones at $3,500 continues to be on the field nonstop for Las Vegas. So I think that Zay Jones, if you're choosing between the Grant, Jackson, Zay Jones, Bird, and, and Brian Edwards range, I'll go to Zay Jones, who ran 40 routes and saw six targets last week alone. Now has five plus targets in three straight games, running 28 or more routes in four of his last five. So if you're choosing in this range, I think that's where I would lean the most. But the reason I said it, and you can see all these $3,000 options that allow you to pay up at running back, maybe even allow you to get Jefferson in a pay up running back. But if you scroll down, this is the reason why this slate is interesting. Anthony Schwartz is questionable. I have him on here 
Jersey a yes, but as of Saturday, he practiced and he cleared the concussion protocol. So I just assume that that means he's going to play if he cleared protocol. But rookie Anthony Schwartz should be on the outside in this game, Peoples-Jones on the other outside, and Rashad Higgins in the slot. I prefer Rashad Higgins in the slot a lot more for anybody. He Baker Mayfield loves him if Baker's able to clear COVID. And if not, these backup quarterbacks, I expect to prioritize the guy in the slot. So I think Rashad Higgins, the veteran out there, he was a healthy scratch a couple weeks back. He ended up playing last week. He ran like 20 routes. Anthony Schwartz, the rookie, should be on the outside. He's a burner. He's not dealing with a lower body injury. It was a concussion. So Schwartz and Higgins, I prefer Higgins. Higgins being $3,000 flat opens up a lot for you. Like if you put Fields into your lineup, a defense, and Higgins, now you're automatically starting with a lot of money to fill in the rest of the pieces, especially if you start to play around with like a mid-range Mooney at 5,500. So I think that Higgins and or Anthony Schwartz, I'm fine playing both of them because they're so cheap. Probably not if it's a backup quarterback, but Higgins, I think, is probably like Dalvin Cook is the best play in the slate because of how high he projects. Justin Fields is just like a plug and play because there's not many quarterbacks and he has mobile upside and a good projection. At the receiver position, like Cook at running back, Fields at quarterback, at the receiver position, I think it's Higgins that is the guy you prioritize. Yeah, Justin or uh, Jefferson looks good, but he's expensive. I think Higgins is the guy you prioritize at the bottom. We can close it up now at the tight end position. I appreciate you all tuning in. There will be more content throughout the week for the Tuesday Millionaire Maker slate. That'll be dropping on Tuesday morning. We'll be live for this Monday slate, live for that Tuesday slate. Wednesday a slate, a video for Thursday Night Football. Thursday a video for Saturday Football. Friday a video, and I'm going to be traveling on Wednesday morning leaving for the weekend. So there's not going to be live streams on Saturday and Sunday, but we'll be covering all those slates. I'm going to try and get them all out in time. So just keep that in mind if uh, for some reason guys are ruled out things along those lines. But for this, we'll be good. We'll be live for this stream. So I appreciate it if you have two seconds of your time to hit the subscribe button here. It might pop up and all that type of stuff because I really do appreciate it. If this is your first time finding me, let me know in the comments as well. Very curious on that. So we finished it up with the tight end position. And this is the thing with tight end. Like, yeah, if you want to go to Conklin and like all these tight ends look very similar. The guys who stand out are the Cleveland guys. Cleveland's dealing with a lot of injuries. Uh, tight ends will be relied upon even more if there's not a starting quarterback in there just because it's shorter passes. You don't have to rely on your arm on the outside. There's a reason why backup quarterbacks are backup quarterbacks. They don't usually hit consistently outside throws. So and you, you factor in Landry in the slot is on the COVID list. Austin Hooper is on the COVID list. If, I, if we assume those guys are both out, these tight ends for Cleveland just look really good. So David Njoku, who is a former first-round pick, who is already already trending in the right direction. He's, he's already cleared. He's ready to play. He's over his injury. He's off the COVID list. Actually, he didn't have an injury. He was just on the COVID list the previous week. He's off that list now. He was already trending in the right direction. 60, 64, 73% of the snaps his last three games. Uh, ended up seeing in those games four targets, four targets, five targets. And now the former first-rounder out of Miami, who's an athletic absolute freak, might be the full-on starter here so he's my highest projected tight end at 3600 he has the priority if there's no Huston hooper and or no landry if landry plays he's still a strong play if hooper plays it starts to become a little bit worse at that price tag um, but conklin and moreo are fine conklin's just hard to get to especially if Thielen plays but if they're fine to go to at the highest team total you should expect some volume there foster moreo or I, I know I'm I know I'm pronouncing the name wrong. It's somewhat of an inside joke at this point. At a very similar price tag to Njoku, expect lower ownership, expect leverage play there. So he actually is going to be a yes for me because in GPPs, David Njoku is definitely going to soak up all the ownership in this range if these Cleveland guys stay out. So that's where Foster, who is an athletic player in his own right, and a guy who has been struggling the last couple of weeks when he's had this full-time role, even though it's a small sample and people are, probably got burnt by him. I actually think that he's a really good leverage if you can find that extra 200. Cole Komet definitely remains in play, especially when Alan Robinson or Goodwin out there. They're going to they continue to lean on him so expect five targets somewhere around there and then the final guy is just Harrison Bryant if you're looking to punt yet again you can pump in another Cleveland player Harrison Bryant if only if there's no Austin Hooper he is dealing with an ankle sprain he is trending to play just track that news at 2500 he's a fine punt I think they're going to 
run a lot of two tight end sets. He's a talented kid in his own right. There's a really good chance you get the four catch, 40 yard, and hope for a touchdown game out of a $2,500 tight end. Can you go double tight end this week? Uh, I think you can, but I think you're leaving a lot on the table with all how there's four really stud and secure opportunity share running backs on the slate. I think this is the week where you lean to go three running backs. It looks pretty obvious there, but you can do it. I mean, you have cheap tight ends, $3,000 and $2,000 range tight ends, a cheap quarterback, and so many cheap receivers, like six to seven three thousand dollar range receivers and even more in the 4k range so this is a pretty easy slate to break down i mean putting the pieces together is where you want to go to but i prioritize probably rashad higgins um, dalvin cook justin fields and then i go from there on how to get leverage on the slate you can get leverage by looking at projections versus ownership projections and we have those on patreon down below if you want to check them out we'll be covering all the slates this week i appreciate you all beautiful people tuning in again use the code class c-l-a-s-s to get a free bet up to $100 and my DFS NFL course for free. It's limited time. These next few days only for a holiday special. We're teaming up with prize picks for that. So thank you for beautiful people for tuning in. If you didn't notice, I already got the championship belt over here. So thank you for tuning in. I'll see you all in the next one. I'll see you when I see you. Take care and brush your hair.